Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I'm an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. (laughs) I have with me, again, the amazing Darling Revolution, Molly. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, you were telling me that you were on a meditation retreat, and I want to know more. Yeah. So I actually, it's really funny because I was invited by my friend, Eve, who's actually from the Ukraine and we've never met in person, but we're really, really close. It's one of those, like, you know, like our friendship, we're just (laughs) friends in the distance in the ethers of the internet. Um, and she's been inviting me. It's, uh, basically a Siddha Maha yoga retreat and the meditation practice, it's basically called Shaktipat and it has to do with, um, effortless meditation and effortless presence. Whereas most meditations have to do with like sitting up straight and clearing your mind and, you know, efforting. Um, and so I was on this retreat is a virtual retreat, but I cleared my schedule last week so that I could be as present as possible for the whole week. Um, and there were people that joined from all over the world and it was really fucking cool. (laughs) So like, what was your, I don't know. What was your takeaway? What was your, like, the thing you don't want to forget? Oh my goodness. I, so this is going to sound super corny, but I really feel like it was a life changing week for me in a lot of ways. Like just, and I think everything that led up to it that I've been going through in my personal life and stuff has really like softened me to a place where it could be a life changing experience, you know? Um, And basically I was, I went in with no expectations and I really had no idea (laughs) what I was getting into. Cause you know, the only meditation retreats I've ever gone to were like, you know, led by someone who got their yoga certification over like the course of a year, you know? And like, this was literally facilitated by people all over the world. And, um, you get a blessing from Guruji who's a guru and at first I was like, uh, you know, cause we've both <laughs> survived cults before. So that's why I said, that's why I said no for two years. <laughs> cause I was just like, not sure. Not ready for that. <laughs> not ready for that. Um, but it was really beautiful because he, um, his whole thing is like, not, he doesn't want followers. He just wants people to awaken to their own inner power and obviously like, Oh, that's my fucking jam. So we were just, all, we were just all in the presence of each other together. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm still processing it. So a lot of it is not in like human word form, but I feel like something clicked inside me into alignment to be just totally present. Um, and I thought maybe I was just imagining it, you know, because I am really good at, um, intellectualizing spiritual things, you know, and, but I think the, 
the real test came when we went to my extended family's home for Easter Sunday, and it was the last day of the retreat. Um, and usually it's a little difficult for me to spend time with my extended family. Like historically, there's a lot of like political differences and, you know, it's just, it's just takes a lot of energy out of me to be present in that space. And this last Sunday, that was not the case at all. Like much to my shock, like I found myself just being deeply in love with every one of my family members, including like uncles that I don't really jive with normally. And like, I was just so present. And it was interesting because my presence gave my family permission to be present. And all of these stories started coming out that I had never heard before. Like my grandma was sharing things from her life that she'd never shared. She's 98. Like, wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't even, I don't even really know. <laughs> But it definitely feels like something has shifted. And the meditation retreat was just kind of part of my own personal initiation, I guess, mm. into that wow. space. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's pretty surreal and profound. I'm still kind of like, what happened? <laughs> it's very weird. I love, I love that you mentioned that, like, um, leading up to that, you felt like you felt like you were being prepared for it because I like, I think like, um, especially coming from like Christian culture, we're told like that in order for something to be meaningful, it has to have this like giant climax and mm -hmm. like needs to have like a big profound, whatever. Um, yeah. But in order for like actual true change to take place, like there has to be a lot of like work done previously, whether we're conscious of it or not. So it's kind of yeah. cool that you were conscious of like the preparation for like this, making it to this point where this had such a big impact on you, you know? Yeah. Well, and it was interesting, like the quote that I kept coming back to throughout the retreat, because we had like these prana groups that were small groups so that we could process what was happening, you know, in real time. And I kept saying this quote that I don't remember who said it. I can look it up, but um, about how psychology work without spiritual work is incomplete, but spiritual work without psychological work is dangerous. And like, I feel like there's been this really beautiful, um, expansion and contraction of both of those things in my life. Like, I think I've spent the last two years very, very focused on therapy and trauma repair and nervous system repair and like building that capacity. And I think that I was finally had like space enough to come back to these things as spiritual practice. Cause like I've started like praying again, but not in the same way, like all these things that weren't accessible to me for the last five years of my deconstruction are starting to feel accessible, but in like an expanded way, that's not stuck in a religious box. If that makes sense. Yeah, it very much does. I, I'm like stuck. I heard that, that quote you just said, I was like, <laughs> fuck. Hold yeah. on. My brain went a hundred different places. Yep. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. of course, like we're holistic, like we're whole beings. We have different parts to us. The Audra and I were just talking about a similar concept of like move when you want to move to a, to a place of like spirituality after religion, you have like this, 
this resistance. At least, you know, I do where it's just yeah. <laughs> the last time we were in anything that we didn't fully understand, it was like really dangerous and caused a lot right. of harm. Um, but there's like key components that were different, which is like, it was disconnected. It was, it was separated into parts. It mm-hmm. didn't have, it didn't have every bit of you. The thing about spirituality now and like a whole holistic spirituality is that you're, you are bringing every part of you. No part of you is being denied yeah. like access to you. It's not like you have to leave your mind at the door. It's not like you have to leave your feelings at the door or your values. All of you is able to be there. Yeah. And it's like something that Guruji kept saying during the course of the meditation retreat was like, it's all welcome, you know, and just enjoy. Those were like the two mantras that just kept coming back. And it's just really simple, you know, but it's hard to like integrate those things. Like you were saying, you mentioned, um, the last time I was in spiritual practice like this, it was dangerous. And like, that really speaks to that trauma repair piece. That's so important. Cause it's like, you know, unless we address that, we have these gaping wounds and then we end up going into making a lateral move into a different spiritual practice maybe. And then still spiritually bypassing our own pain, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not right. great either. <laughs> right. It's, it's like that, um, that, that bowing of, of yeah. like, I, I mean, it is like, it's a power dynamic. It's like, a, like this codependence and hierarchy that like, if you, unless you deconstruct that aspect of like your, the level of your worth and understanding that your value and worth is equal to all beings, like, yeah. You're gonna continually end up in places where you are submitting to power and um submitting your own experience and knowings and you're going to be making yourself less than other people or or making yourself more than other people. And like that's that is a dangerous dynamic. That's you know, yeah. which is I think the the psychology piece that you're talking about is like that that understanding is what makes is a huge part of what keeps that safe, you know? Yeah. And like, I really think that if I had said yes to the first invitation of going to this meditation retreat, which was back in 2020, I wouldn't have been ready for it. Like, because I've still been unlearning up until like a few months ago, it seems like, like shedding these layers of hierarchy that I thought that I left when I left the evangelical church, Mm -hmm. but it turns out I kept it in every cell of my being and have like, (laughs) been unpacking so much saviorism even like in my friendships and like it's been fucking wild (laughs) you know like you bring it with you (laughs) yeah go figure right like those those roots go so deep like Mm -hmm. I and I like I don't know that I gave I gave up trying to be I think it was two years ago I like had this moment where I was extremely triggered at um at an event And, um, I was like, went into the bathroom. I had tools that I needed. And I like, uh, you know, put my hand on my heart, practice self-compassion. I was with my inner child. Like I, Mm -hmm. I did everything I needed to do. Um, and I was really proud of myself, but it was really hard. And I was talking to my therapist afterwards and I was like, this is really shitty. I don't want this to ever happen again. How can we like not have this happen? And she was like, (laughs) I never want to be triggered ever again. Yes. Basically. I was like, I don't want that again. And she was basically like, but like, what if your whole life you have these experiences? And I was just like, something completely shifted in me. And I was just like, Oh, 
that means that means we need tools like that means we need to that means we need to get really good at riding these waves like you yeah. know and, and it, it really like, comes down to that ex- that nervous system capacity and expansion to be able to be with it when we get triggered because we exactly. will <laughs> yeah yeah and i think I think until that point, I was looking for a savior. Like I was looking for Mm. an escape, which is how we were raised. And I didn't realize that like that particular aspect of Christianity of like looking for the end, the perfection, the escape, the fix was Mm -hmm. still a part of my like way of thinking. And it was that moment really shifted my perspective to like, oh, wait, we live here. And this is going to be something that we just is a part of our experience and how can we, how can we like learn the skills of pivoting and shifting? Yeah. Like I'm so curious how that shifted for you since that conversation with your therapist. Yeah. Um, I just, I actually like have and use a lot more tools for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, the interesting thing is like when you're in a perspective of like, this is just a short term thing, I'm going to find a fix. It's going to be over. You don't really own it or take responsibility for it because it's not really yours. It's just like something that's happening right now that you can, you know, deal with and then be done. But like, (laughs) but it's your inner kid. And imagine thinking that about your child. Like, you know, you don't think (laughs) you should be good. I told you this one time. (laughs) By 18, you should just be done, right? You should be fully baked. This is like, you're just done, right? I was Um, fully baked at 18, but not that kind of thing. My mind immediately went there, so I'm glad you called that out. (laughs) Tracking. (laughs) Um, But I think think it's just been, um, it's allowed me permission to to be in the experience of my life and take responsibility for um, caring for myself in a different way. Like Mm. caring for myself as a person who is going to be living here in this body, experiencing these things instead of denying the problem or, you know, it's, it's a more Mm -hmm. like honest, it's, I find it's like acceptance. Like it's the acceptance that allows you to do something instead of shame. If you hide something, or ignore it. It's like, there's usually a shame piece there, but if you accept it and you'll, you look at it with like Mm -hmm. compassion and kindness, there's, it's like opens up all these possibilities for what that could mean. Yeah. And it's so much, it feels so much softer and gentler in the body too. Like you mentioned shame. And I've been noticing that a lot with the people that I'm working with is that there's like, layers on layers of it where it's just like you're shaming yourself for shaming yourself for shaming yourself for shaming yourself and it's like the less you talk about shame the bigger it gets Mm -hmm. and if you just shed a light on it and like release and allow yourself to be witnessed which in itself is like scary right like that really touches a lot of our deep (laughs) traumas too but it's like being able to move through it and realize that you are that you have all these layers and that it's okay is like such a shift from, oh, I'm like on this linear path to get to some place, like get to nirvana or get to heaven. And then you're just like bypassing life, which is where we are, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I think it's like the, it's, it's a form of escapism and like, 
it's interesting. Like for me, for the longest time, it was like, I wanted to like within religion, I was going to escape to perfection and heaven. And then within like through meditation and therapy, I had planned on just ascending above the human experience. <laughs> you know, like, I was like floating head that just detaches and like floats up out of. <laughs> yes. And, and like all of my body and system and the goddesses in me were like, no bitch, you need to be in your body. <laughs> this is your where body your has is. all the answers as yes. to what's going on. It's telling you things. It's like, telling you. That's wild. It's like, it makes <laughs> me think of, um, when I was, um, in it, at the height <laughs> of being an evangelical worship leader and the height, I should say like the height of self-extraction, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, and like yes. really like doing labor with no boundaries and like mm. really trying everything to get people to like, like me and respect me, but not really honoring myself. Like mm. I just, I was so sick all the time. Like physically I would get like sinus infections, all of these things. And it's really interesting. The more that I've moved away from that and into self-compassion, how my body has been less physically ill. And I've been like, Oh fuck, you were trying to tell me things that whole time. It was just like, this mm -hmm. headache is to tell you that something is wrong. You know, mm -hmm. like something you need to look at because none of it is like good or bad. It's all just data. Like our emotions are data. Our body's like, this is a signal to tell you there's something to pay attention to, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Like the, there's, there's so much information there and, <laughs> and yet we're just like, I mean, because of our culture and because of how we were taught, especially in Christianity, when you're literally told that your flesh is like dangerous. <laughs> right. Oh um, my God. <laughs> the denial, like denying something presence or, or witness or like, um, visibility is a way of like perpetuating shame yeah. and, and like that, that was done to us and then by us because of mm -hmm. like practice. But like you said, if you bring it, if you put a light on it, you name it, you yeah. eliminated at least one layer of shame. Yeah. And it like, it feels like that repression process is like, we, we think we're getting rid of it, but it's kind of just like pushing a beach ball down underwater and just trying really hard to keep it down. And, you know, eventually it's just going to like all pop up with explosive energy, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically what happened when I left the church in 2017. It was like everything burnt up all at once because I had been repressing so long that it was like everything just, <laughs> you know, yeah. Hello loves, it's me, Christina. I wanted to interrupt this episode to talk to you briefly about my one-on-one -on -one rebuilding coaching series. This 12-week series is designed to transform the way you show up in your life, um, to help you discover your next step and support you to move confidently into it. We work on inner critic, dialogue, confidence, and trusting yourself to make decisions. I like to look at life as a series of endings and beginnings. There's so many of those in our lives, and I think this space is where the greatest transformation takes place. And whether you've already gone through a change or feeling like there's a change around the corner or just really feel like something is missing, these spaces are great for asking, what do I want now and what is possible for me now? If you're really longing to live freely and trust yourself to move through life with confidence, this series is for you. 
My clients call this series transformative, empowering, and inspiring, and they often report after the series they feel confidence to say no, trust their worth, in touch with their bodies, and in tune with their instincts. This is a powerful container and can have huge long-term impacts on your life and well-being. You can learn more by visiting my website at www.christinamcarlson.com, also listed in the show notes, um, and that's where you can learn more about working with me. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. Like toxic, industrialized, puritanist kind of systems that we've been raised in, because that was all about repression. And so it's interesting how much that spills out, not even just in the church, but like in Western society in general, it's like the go-to is like intellectualization and suppression and it doesn't help anybody, you know, we're all sick (laughs) because of it. It doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. All it, all it does is perpetuate itself. It's like the ego, Mm -hmm. like it tries to keep things the same and not, not for anyone's benefit, but, but just because it's the same. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know what? Like trauma survival strategies do the same thing. Like my mentor, my mentor, Fanny Priest, who's um, the trauma witch on Instagram is always talking about that. Like she has a theory that just like our survival strategies at a certain point in our childhood or whenever we needed to use them, they were helpful. They helped us survive. But now that we're adults with our own sovereignty, or at least trying to connect with that, those strategies are just trying to stay relevant, like as, as things in our system, like, for example, for me, it was always like shutting down and freezing, you know, even below fight or flight, because I didn't even have access to fight or flight. You know, it was like, I just had to disappear and become as small as possible. And so that kept me physically alive when I was a child, but now I don't need it anymore. (laughs) but that survival strategy is still trying to keep itself relevant in my system. So Mm -hmm. it's like, whenever I get, um, I'm, I'm seen (laughs) in a greater capacity, you know, whether it's being on a podcast or like sharing my art, it's threatening to my system because that system is like trying to self perpetuate that narrative as its own thing. And it really makes no sense anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a path. Like it's a, it's a pattern. Like you said, it's a useful skill. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't know that things have changed for you externally. Like that, that like shift takes intention for you not to be just repeating it. I I'm so glad you brought that up because literally I was just talking with Audra about this. Like my, my body is finally in a place of like um, more recognized safety. And I, I've always done the freeze response as well. And being in certain situations, like when I was younger, <clears throat> it was unsafe for me to move. So I associate recognition with a lack of safety, um, yeah. which I know is true for so many people socialized as girls. And like this, mm-hmm. this space of like being seen was not necessarily safe um a lot of the time and but but now I'm in a place where I've started to realize like when I'm recognized and when I see uh, some people see me I have a a physical body response that is actually not a bad thing I I just like have associated it with something bad but now it just it feels like a tingle down my spine (laughs) and it's like oh that's nice (laughs) that's a great integration because yeah it's like those survival strategies are just like our nervous system 
the limbic nervous system is just really good at one thing. And that's just straight survival. And like, it's basically like taking a hammer to every situation and most situations don't need a hammer. You know, it's just like, (laughs) Oh, this looks like this. That's why it's so interesting with like the meditation retreat. When I first started it, I had that reaction of just like my nervous system being like, wait, this looks like that is threatening, like run away. And so, but I just stayed with it and stayed with that feeling and then made sure it wasn't like actually threatening, you know, cause I would have left if it was, right. but it wasn't. And I was able to be with my inner child and be like, this is okay. This is, it looks the same, but it's not the same. And also you're not the same, you know, like it's going to be a tingle as opposed to like a full body shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be better (laughs) (laughs) it'll be okay (laughs) yeah I love that like the recognition of like of asking yourself that being able to ask yourself that question because that like that being in a space of being able to ask is this safe yeah as opposed to your body just immediately saying and you believing that it's not safe is is a like a sign of uh, an inner awareness or like healing that's taken place. Yeah. Cause know? I mean, sometimes it isn't safe. Like exactly. that's why we have those reactions. Like mm-hmm. if you feel your gut is usually right about something and it might be either childhood stuff is coming up or it's actually a spiritual community that's not safe, you know? And that's happened right. to me too, <laughs> where it's like, yeah. I've ignored those signs for a while and then been like, ah, shit. I did it again, you know, like, so those yeah. things are important, but they don't have to run the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad mm. you had that experience. It sounds so nice. Yeah. It's been really nice. And there's like a community that came with it, which I didn't expect. There's like this global community. So there's a lot of things healing in my spiritual body, I guess, where I've been able to like lean into being present with myself. And it's like, Oh, this is great. This is like some of the feelings I had while worship leading, but not constricted, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Really beautiful. Fully expressed. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm -hmm. What else has been going on for you? Hmm. What else has been going on? I, um, I've been, feeling really, really uh, in flow lately, actually, with all my art practice and everything, as I think as a result of all of these spiritual and psychological things coming into alignment, like it's been really interesting that my presence in the studio even feels different. Like I've been um, offering energy portraits and it's my new favorite thing to do. Because it's all about just being present with a person and then creating a piece that mirrors their internal landscape and what I'm sensing. And it's not like efforting or extracting hard labor from me. Like it feels easy, but it's also so valuable. Like this is a new space for me to be in work that feels really aligned, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm fascinated. Um, So I have some questions. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but first, um, first I should tell you, I, um, just started devoted energy coaching school with Sora Schilling. So I'm going to be an energy coach. Amazing. Um, don't know completely what that means yet. Um, but you know, 
I'm going to find out as I go, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about like, when you say energy, like how are you, like you're getting an energetic portrait and then you're, what did you call it? A, yeah. Uh, it's, it, I'm calling it clairvoyant energy portraits, but the only reason I'm using that word is because I don't know how else to, <laughs> like, you could also sure. use the word intuitive. Um, but it's basically me using my projector empath <laughs> Enneagram for superpowers of being in a space with someone, even if it's on zoom and like feeling what is coming up. Um, in the church, they call that a prophetic gifting. <laughs> there's, a, there's probably a name for it in like every spiritual practice or in every Yeah, there really too. is. Yeah. What, is it, what does it feel like for you? Like when you're in It feels the- incredible. Um, it feels useful. I actually just had one this morning. Um, it feels useful. It feels really good because basically I'm just there to be like a believing mirror (laughs) for you when I'm in the space. So I'm not coming into it as like, I'm going to help you heal or like, I'm going to save you. It's literally coming into it with the idea that everyone who comes to work with me has their own sovereignty and power. And I'm just reflecting that back to them. So I like lead people in a guided visualization Mm. meditation. Um, and I drop in with them. So I go into the visualization with them and then I take note of whatever I see. And then after we do the meditation, I ask them what they saw. And it's been, I've just been doing this almost as like a science experiment to see, like almost to test my like <laughs> clairvoyant abilities Yeah, <laughs> because it, that's one of the things like, Oh, saying that I'm doing clairvoyant stuff. That was super triggering for my nervous system. Like I was like, <laughs> Oh God, like what are people going to think about me? You know? Um, <laughs> but the more I've tested it and done it, the more I've been like, Holy shit, I really do see things. Like for example, this morning when we were in it, I saw a very particular kind of like fairy being in the space that we were in. And so I just took note of it. Like it was fairy, like green, blah, 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 blah. Like these are the things that I'm seeing. And when I asked her afterwards what she saw, one of the things she said was green fairies. And I was like, I'm just as surprised as the people are who I'm working (laughs) with. Like I'm, I'm just like a vessel. It feels like for the energy that's moving through. Um, and a lot of it, I don't know what it means at all. (laughs) Like I'm just trusting the process and like the, you know, divine energy that's in me and connected to everything else. And then when I'm in the process of making the actual physical portrait, that's a surprise too. I just like my intuition is leading me. Like I do these zoom meetings and then I take notes and then I let it simmer in my subconscious for like at least a week. And then what naturally comes is that it starts to get cooked And I start to get an intuitive sense for the colors I should be using and the imagery that should be on there. And then once it's done, there's this portrait that I'm like, this is really cool. And I also have no idea like what this will mean particularly to this person. And um, I think I've done nine so far and nine out of nine have come back and been like, holy shit, I can't believe you use this particular color. This is what it means. Or I can't believe that you put this image in here. This is what it means to me. Like I'm just following the divine intuition (laughs) 
of it all. And I'm just always like, wow, this is, this is cool. Like I'm just along for the ride, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. It's very fun. And it's like zero effort for me, which is great because I'm still unpacking the whole idea of work should be hard, (laughs) you know? So yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. It's very fun. Is that how you feel? Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like as a, as a projector, like one of your core desires is to be seen. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, where is the, um, where are you sourcing from? Like to, to feel seen in that process? Hmm. Well, I think someone else. Yeah. Well, one of the things with projectors, as you know, is like waiting for the invitation Mm -hmm. and waiting for the recognition and by signing up and like investing in me to give an energy portrait, like folks are recognizing my skill and my seership Mm -hmm. and also inviting me in. And like, those are the only two things I need to know, like, Oh, you trust me with this. That's amazing. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just like that easy. Um, and really it sounds super easy and it is easy for me, but I'm also building on a lifetime (laughs) of space holding skills that I've developed Mm -hmm. of, um, deep listening skills that I've developed. Like part of my master's program was deep listening, like Mm -hmm. all of these things that are coming together and my artistic skills, like I'm 33 and I've basically been practicing art making almost my entire life, um, including actual school and my own practices. So I'm very highly skilled. Um, and I've just energy portraits have just been the way that I've found so recently to like bring all of those things in. And so it so is in my zone of genius that it doesn't feel hard at all. It's just like, Oh, this is so glorious. I could do this all day, every day, you know? (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing what do you like how did this first come to you was this just like a it just fucking channeled (laughs) um it was one of those things where I had been simmering for a long ass time probably ever since I accidentally started my business because like when I first started my business selling my own art I just you know was sharing things on Instagram for my own mental health and sanity. (laughs) And then people started following me and it was kind of like, Oh, I guess I should sell things. And that was like six years ago. And so I feel like Mm. notes of this idea have been percolating in like the inner stew of all of the things for years, but it was only in the last few months when I was really able to have enough nervous system capacity and space to be able to sit quietly with myself, you know, and during one of my bath time and weed meditations, it just, the idea just dropped into my head. Cause again, like I also have a totally open head centers as a projector, which Mm -hmm. means that ideas are always coming through, but they aren't always mine to Mm -hmm. use. (laughs) (laughs) but that one came through so clearly. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, like I felt it in every cell of my being. And I just wrote it down and I was like, you know what, this seems like something that would be really cool. Let me ask a couple of my close friends if I can try it out on them and just Mm -hmm. like for, you know, for free or like the cost of them writing a testimonial, you know? 
And that's just how I started it. And that was just two months ago. (laughs) And now it's, you know, becoming part of my business ecosystem. That's like really important. So So cool. Yeah. Just following the source energy, I guess. (laughs) Can you say more about like the, I'm just curious because I'm a projector. Yeah. Um, but like you said, uh, a lot of ideas come into your head and not a lot of them are yours. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Um, so as I understand it, and again, I'm still, I feel very much in the beginning parts of understanding all the projectorness too. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, the open head I have both an open head and an open Ajna center. So all of this head space is totally like undefined, which means that I get um, impressions of ideas and thoughts all the time. And like the good thing about that is that I never am lacking in ideas. Like if I feel stuck, I can wait five minutes, an idea will come through. But (laughs) the thing that's tough about that is that I have to then, take those ideas and see if they resonate with my values and like the rest of my system to be able to figure out if that idea is actually for me or not. So like I've had so many things that I've tried in my business, um, that have been fun or like have been profitable, usually one or the other, (laughs) not usually both. Um, but they just haven't really been totally in alignment in all of the ways. And so I'm still figuring out for myself what that process looks like of like sorting through the, the sieve, I guess, of like all the things that come through. Um, one of the ways that I do that is I'll do like brain dumps and then I will look at everything that's on the paper and see if any of it sticks out to me. as actually mine. Cause a lot of the times I'll write things down as like stream of consciousness or like morning pages and I'll be like, oh, okay, most of that was just like shit that was <laughs> clogging the pipes and not something that I need to act on, you know? Uh, so, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've like kind of wondered about that because I have an open head and then is there two in your head and then another one at your throat? Yeah, the Ajna. Well, there's a throat too. So there's two in your head and then throat center. Okay. So it's like head, Ajna, throat, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My throat is like filled in, but the rest of it is, is empty. <laughs> yeah. So is mine. <laughs> or open or whatever. <laughs> defined. I, defined. Thank you. Yes. Defined and undefined. That's the term. Yeah. Um, I just, I've been curious about like what that means besides just being able to like change my mind and like have new ideas and, um, yeah. Well, I've realized too, like it's an opinions thing as well, which makes so much sense for me. And like us coming out of like a Christian kind of culty thing is that if you have an undefined center, it means that it's harder to know, you know, like, cause you can feel everything and it's really easy to take in. We have undefined opinions (laughs) because of our undefined head. And so it's really easy to be like, for example, I'll be talking to Audra and she'll say something that she really believes deeply in. And I have to take a moment and be like, cause it's really easy for me to jump on the bandwagon of opinions yeah. and be like, yeah, but like that not, isn't necessarily mine, <laughs> you know, like it's really wild. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Because like my, um, 
Because I have a splenic authority, which from what I understand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where it's not like that drop in of like. Yeah. It's just an instant instinct. Yes or no. That has no words or explanation. No, it's just like, uh, and then you have it or you don't. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I like, um, cause I do the same thing. I, I love enthusiasm. I love, mm-hmm. I love being sold to, um, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love people... drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I, oh, I love it. I'm just like so impressed with people who are just like very into whatever it is they're into. It's just so fun to be around. Um, yes. but maybe for that reason where it's just like, I love being, fascinated and being like taken in by whatever it is that people are like really excited about. (laughs) Yeah. It's really easy for us to get swept away in the excitement because also our auras as projectors are like pointy, (laughs) which means that they are penetrating, which means that we just want to go really deep real fast with whoever's in front of us, whether or not it's necessarily like a good connection for us. So yeah. (laughs) I'm just like processing like, okay, okay. This is interesting. You're telling me a lot about myself right now that I didn't like, I haven't thought yeah. about <laughs> a lot of this projector stuff for me has felt like very rude. <laughs> I've been like, okay, I don't appreciate this call out. Like every time I read something more about projectors, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, I, I found out like my type at first and I was just like, I don't want this to be true. Like this, this seems exhausting to be someone who sits around and waits to be invited to shit. Like that usually means that it's the right type. If it makes I, you feel uncomfortably seen, you're like, <laughs> I don't want to, I want to be a generator and have more energy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to just be able to flow on my momentum. Like my husband is a generator and he can just push and I cannot. <laughs> cannot even. Nope. Nope. I wish. <laughs> they have to work from horizontal a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I like, I also, I'm thinking about getting, I'm sitting in a chair right now, but I'm thinking about getting a chase lounge. Yes. To put back oh my here. Gosh. You can be like the, goddess energy, just like draped over your lounge. What? <laughs> I want to casually recline while I record and sit at my desk. I also like almost always sit cross-legged, which I've heard is a bisexual thing. Um, <laughs> you know, which I'm like, I don't know how much I believe that, but it's true for me. Uh-huh. Um, so I always like, I barely ever sit with my feet on the floor. So I feel like I need something where I can like stretch my legs either direction. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I love, um, Nadia Gabriel, who has the Instagram handle projectors invited, highly recommend following her. Um, she's the projector that I've been learning from the most lately. And she's the one who came up with the term, um, work from horizontal because <laughs> it. it's just like projectors just need to be laying down a lot. That's just yeah. how it is. My whole life. I've always said like, I don't mind walking and I don't mind laying down but standing and sitting are fucking exhausting yep like standing standing in lines (laughs) like oh my god or standing around at a party when i go to a party and they don't have chairs they just have those cocktail tables i'm like what the fuck were they thinking it feels like torture yes like why did you not give me anywhere to be comfortable i will not be here long (laughs) Uh like i'll be if there's music i'll be on the dance floor that's great. But if I stop moving, I'm going to need to lay down. Like, yes. Where's the couch? I, 
I actually, it was really funny on Easter Sunday when I was at my aunt's house for the brunch celebration, I ended up sitting on the kitchen floor (laughs) and everyone else was kind of like sitting on their chairs. And my aunt was like, there's, there's chairs. I was like, I know (laughs) down here. I need to be near the earth. (laughs) I'm fine. Yeah. I'm also a very, like, I'm a double Virgo Scorpio. So I'm all like earth and water. So I always want to be just down low. Yeah. So. I'm a Taurus. I don't know what my other signs are, but like, I always want to be like on the ground. Yeah. It's just like this. It's, it's so stabilizing. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that I, I just learned this this year that if you walk barefoot in the woods, the reason, or just like on grass or on the earth, the reason that that's so grounding is because the bottom of our feet actually vibrate at the same frequency as the earth does. So it's like this connection point that just like, like grounds our whole being. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, our feet are vibrating at the same frequency as the earth. Yeah. The soles of our feet vibrate at the same frequency as the earth. I'm going to need to be earth thinking babies. about that for a while. <laughs> I used to hike barefoot a lot when I lived in Hawaii. Um, which is probably not great for my arches, but the earth there was so soft and like the red dirt was really not that hard. Yeah. I love it. It sounds lovely. Yeah. I do. Um, when we do ecstatic dance, especially when it gets warmer, we'll do it outside every Sunday. And like, there's a group of us who just go and dance and flail and yell in the woods. And usually I will just like start out with shoes on and a sweater or whatever, but like clothes and shoes and socks will just quickly all come off (laughs) while I'm dancing and rolling around in the dirt. It's very, very stabilizing. (laughs) Yeah. Are the Mm -hmm. palms of your hands similar? I don't know, actually. I'm going to have to Google that. (laughs) Yeah. This is information. I don't know. I'm mad that I didn't know sooner, but thank you for telling me. Yeah. I I love that. There's, There's so much like, um, about like the the mushroom connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the I was going to say rainbow connection, but <laughs> it's the mushroom connection, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, basically, basically the, lovers, the same thing. The dreamers and me, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The mushrooms, the rainbows, and me. serenading your audience so magical so magical (laughs) but like just like the the fact that like nothing is actually still no everything is always actually moving or vibrating is a really interesting fact because like the the focus of like a lot of our culture is to like if you're going to like, it's actually just to be still like, it's to keep our bodies still. Right. Like, so we can sit and do work. Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Surprise movement. And basically like a lot of it uses meditation as like a tool to help you be more productive or to get you to sit still or like a type of thing, which is very, to me seems like super backwards because like everyone's brain and bodies and minds work differently, but none of them, none of us are actually completely still no like it's possible i don't remember who said that quote of like you are the universe and ecstatic motion it might have been roomy or something but like where if you like drop down to the cellular molecular level like we're actually mostly space like we just think that we're solid 
we're, you know, yeah. we're just vibrating molecules just pinging all over the place. That's so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like, it's not like we're solid. It's just that with, with a lot of things, we can't push through those spaces, but yeah. some things can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip to think about that stuff. That could be a whole other episode, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. I, this is one of my favorite Talking things. Talking about mushrooms about. and mycelium and <laughs> rainbows. And the rainbows <laughs> connections. And when, the pl- and when the plants talk to you and yeah. how they say nice things. It's Alice in Wonderland in real life. Yeah. Well, plants, I mean, there's science proving that plants actually respond to voice. So that's a whole other... <laughs> consciousness thing okay but did you listen when you were younger to that christian song um about like yeah right about (laughs) the plants and it was like if you take two house plants and you put them to the test put them both in front of music and let the music do the rest oh my god i don't actually don't know that song you don't know it wow so, Do you know who the artist is? No. Or is that just one of the songs that you no just No fucking clue. I have no idea. <laughs> no, it's an artist. It was like a... Uh, I don't know. It was weird. It was like a Chris Rice song. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- this was a group that was like trying to be more trendy than that, I think. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Chris Rice was like... Uh, he did the cartoon tracker. song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I don't know what this was. I don't know why I can't think of it. Um, probably because I don't ever remember that kind of thing. But um, right. but that was like always in my mind was that houseplants respond to music mm-hmm. because of that song. So I've always like had this <laughs> idea that the plants are like responsive to people. I mean, they got that one right. <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, but, you know. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to let you go. It was so good talking to you. Yeah. So great. We'll Thank do you. it again soon. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.